Welcome to another thrilling episode on Book TV. But before we dive in, let's talk about enhancing your reading experience with novel nutrition. As you lose yourself in today's story, imagine supporting your journey with our unique supplements, specially crafted for readers like you. Whether it's boosting focus with Epic, unwinding with Read, or energizing with Zip Strips, Novel Nutrition is here to complement each chapter of your literary adventure. Visit novelnutrition.co or click the link in the show notes, and don't forget to use code BOOKTV for an exclusive 20% discount. Now, let's immerse ourselves in the magic of today's story. Wake the Dead, a Heroes of the Apocalypse novel, written by Bailey Higgins, audiobook produced by Book TV. Don't forget to share this story with a friend. It's the best way for us to bring you more exciting free audiobooks. Prologue 1. Donna. Donna woke up to find herself shrouded in darkness. The room was quiet, and she could feel the blood rushing through her veins. Her heart beat frantically while she tried to place her surroundings. Where am I? The mattress underneath her felt strange. It seemed unnatural after spending so many days and nights sleeping on the floor of the precinct. Either that, or her office chair. Then she remembered. It all came back in a flood of dark and bloody memories. The zombies. Being trapped. Getting rescued. The fire station. The party. She also recalled feeling ill and going to bed early. Not that the sleep had done her any good because she felt sicker than ever. Her head throbbed, her mouth was dry, and it felt like her bones were on fire. Oh my God, it hurts. With a groan, Donna slipped out of bed and made her way to the bathroom. She needed to cool off, a cold shower, anything to relieve the burning sensation that coursed through her veins. Her skin radiated heat, and sweat matted her hair to her forehead. A dim light in the hallway beckoned, and she stumbled toward it on legs that felt like jelly. The restroom was only a few feet away, and she shoved the door open with a bang. Pressing one cheek against the cool tiled wall, her hand searched for the light switch. The fluorescent bulbs flickered to life, and she stepped into the nearest shower stall. With a twist of the knob, a stream of water poured over her head and ran down her body. The icy liquid soaked through her clothes, but she hardly noticed. Instead, the furnace inside her burned hotter, it was so hot it felt like her blood had turned into napalm. Sobbing like a child, Donna crumpled to the floor. Make it stop! Make it stop! Her cries echoed throughout the room, and the silence mocked her suffering. She curled into a ball and rocked back and forth. The pain fizzed through her nerve endings. Never had she felt so alone and helpless. Why does it hurt so much? A knock sounded on the bathroom door, and it creaked open. Footsteps rang, followed by the squeak of rubber on smooth tiles. Hello? Is someone there? Donna didn't answer, too wrapped up in the sensations flooding her body. It was hard to focus. Her head felt fuzzy, and her brain wasn't working right. What's wrong with me? Hello? I heard crying. Is it okay if I come in? The voice sounded uncertain. Who... Who's there? Donna asked, her voice a hoarse whisper. It's Sam, the voice answered. Sam? 
Donna frowned, trying to place the name. Since Frank rescued her from the precinct, she'd met many people, and it was mostly a blur of names and faces. Yeah, Sam, he answered with a nervous laugh. I used to work at Starbucks. Starbucks? Donna replied, shaking her head with confusion. I came in with Amelia and Mike. Robert rescued us from their office block, Sam continued. There was another girl with us called Jane, but she died. Zombies got her. We... what? Donna asked, trying to make sense of his words. They buzzed around her head like angry hornets, and pain razored through her brain. Ah, it hurts! Are you all right? Can I come in? Sam asked. A shadow showed underneath the shower stall's door, and Donna blinked at it through a curtain of wet hair. Another blast of white-hot agony flashed through her nervous system, and every muscle seized. I'm coming in, okay? Sam said, pushing the door open. I won't look, I promise. Donna stared at him, her mouth working. She couldn't talk, couldn't respond at all. Her body was a statue. Sam moved closer, one hand across his eyes. I'm not looking, I promise. Suddenly, Donna went slack, and she slumped to the floor. She sucked in a deep breath. Please, help. Make it stop. Sam peeked at her through his fingers, saw that she was dressed, and dropped his hands. What's wrong? Are you hurt? Why are you on the floor? Donna reached out one hand, desperate for help. Please. Sam fell to the floor next to her and gripped her arm. Jeez, your skin's like ice? Donna lay prone, too weak to do more than nod. Her heartbeat slowed, and the fiery heat receded from her body. Goosebumps pebbled her arms, and her lips turned blue. Shivering, she watched as Sam shut off the water and grabbed a couple of towels. Here you go. We need to get you warm, Sam muttered as he wrapped one towel around her shoulders. He used the other to rub her arms and legs to get the circulation going. T thanks, Donna mumbled, huddling closer to his warmth. It felt so comforting, and she pressed her face to his shoulder. The smell of his skin was delicious, and something stirred within her brain. Hunger. Sam finished rubbing her dry and tossed the damp towel aside. Taking both her hands in his, he said, Can you get to your feet? We need to get you out of here. I can't, Donna whispered, shaking her head. She could feel the strength leeching from her bones. Her heartbeat slowed, and her head lolled back on her shoulders. Okay, let me try, Sam said. He attempted to lift her, but sagged to the ground after a few beats. I'm sorry. I'm not strong enough. It's okay, Donna said with a weak smile. She meant it, too. It was okay. The pain was gone, and a distant light beckoned to her with its promise of release. I'm getting help, Sam said. I'll be right back. No. Stay with me, Donna said, frightened at the idea of being alone. She clung to his hand. I really should call someone, Sam said. Stay. Just a little while, please, Donna said. It wouldn't be long now. She could feel it inside her brain. It was like a worm, 
a parasite burrowing deep into the fabric of her being. Bit by bit, it was taking control until she'd be nothing more than a puppet on a string. It didn't matter. She was too tired to fight it, and it was only her body. Her soul would join all the other people who'd left this world, her family, friends, and colleagues. The light beckoned, and she gave in with a sigh of relief. Her last breath brushed across her lips. Time to go. Prologue 2. Sam Sam stared at Donna's face, alarmed by her sudden stillness. He shook her once, a gentle nudge. When she didn't respond, he tried again. Donna? Nothing. Oh, crap, is she dead? Sam cried. He laid her flat on her back and pressed one trembling finger to her throat. She can't be dead. It's impossible. When he failed to find a pulse, he pressed an ear to her chest. The silence was both horrifying and deafening. Panic spurted through his veins, and he stared at her slack features with terror. What do I do? What do I do? A flash of memory broke through the fog in his brain, and he remembered a distant CPR lesson from school. Scrambling to remember the details, he checked Donna's airways. She wasn't breathing, and he nodded to himself. Thirty compressions, two breaths. He placed both hands on her chest and prepared to begin CPR. Then he paused, realizing he was missing the first step of the lesson. Call 911. Only there was no call center to phone anymore. No people waiting to dispatch help to those who needed it. Still, he was inside a fire station filled with people more qualified than him to deal with a medical emergency. Opening his mouth, he yelled, Help! I need help over here. Then he began compressions, just like his instructor had taught him in class. Thirty compressions followed by two breaths. Once he finished a cycle, he paused to call for help once more. One cycle, two cycles, three cycles. Again and again, he tried. Damn it! Come on! Sam cried, sweat beating his forehead. His arms were growing tired, and Donna wasn't responding to his efforts. Is somebody there? I need help! Desperate, he bent down for another round of breaths, but froze when Donna's eyes snapped open. Their gazes locked, and horror spurted through his veins. Every fiber of his being screamed danger, the instinctive reaction of prey coming face to face with a predator— the woman he'd tried to save was gone, and a soulless monster had taken her place. Blood-filled eyes locked onto his tender throat, and bluish lips peeled back, baring teeth that suddenly looked very sharp. A deep growl sawed through the air. Oh, shit! Sam jerked backward to avoid the gnashing teeth, but he was a fraction too slow. They closed on his neck and tore into the jugular. He screamed and tried to pull free, but Donna had him in a death grip. A flash of white-hot agony shot through his brain as his flesh tore apart like wet tissue paper. Blood spurted onto the bathroom floor and splashed across the shower curtain. Each drop heralded his death, and he stared at the crimson pattern with a sense of defeat. Why did he even bother to fight? People like him didn't survive the apocalypse. In the end, his efforts had been for nothing, and now his struggles were over 
just like Jane's. Chapter 1 Teresa There's a secret once hidden, a treasure the ancients used daily. It's turmeric, the golden spice of life. In the heart of ancient India, this revered root was more than a culinary delight. It was a symbol of purity, a source of wellness. Novel Nutrition brings this secret to you with our fire supplement. Each fire gummy is a nod to those ancient traditions, harnessing the natural powerful anti-inflammatory and antioxidant benefits that have supported health and vitality for centuries. Nab your supply of Novel Nutrition's fire by clicking the link in the description and using code BOOKTV for a 20% discount. Read more. Live more. Be more. Teresa brushed one hand across her brow and blinked. Her eyes refused to focus on the clipboard, and the words swam across the page. A moth flickered past her face, bumping against the yellow bulb of the lamp over and over again. Its suicide attempts went unnoticed by her, absorbed as she was in the dynamics of survival. There's so much we still need to do. So much we still need to get. She ran a finger down the list, checking to see if there was anything she'd missed. The list was pretty complete, but she couldn't afford to overlook anything with so many people under her care. Medicine, especially antibiotics, antihistamines, painkillers, antiseptics, antifungals, sutures, and hemostatics were at the top of the list. Surgical equipment, dressings, bandages, creams, and ointments were also essential, but they also needed food, a solution to the water shortage that was sure to come and a means to generate electricity. Gardening equipment, building materials, weapons, clothes, bedding, and toiletries. It was a never-ending list filled with the things they had to find, make, preserve, or scavenge to survive the apocalypse. Was it even possible? With a sigh, Teresa pondered the question. Despite her confident demeanor around the others, she didn't have all the answers. Heck, she didn't have any answers. That didn't mean she didn't need to try, though. It was her responsibility, after all, a burden she'd shouldered willingly. She reached for another stack of papers but paused when she noticed her empty teacup. For a moment she wavered. Should she make more tea and soldier on, or should she go to bed? A glance at the clock and her full bladder convinced her to take the latter route. Bed, it is. Teresa pushed back her chair and stood up, her back twinged, and she took a moment to rub it with both hands. The soothing motion relieved some of the aches, and she was able to walk after a minute. As much as she longed to take her medicine, she had to wait until she got more stock. Until then, she'd save what she had left for emergencies. Carrying the empty cup, she exited the office and headed to the kitchen. Halfway there, she heard a loud yell and paused mid-step. Looking around, she frowned. Hello? Help! Somebody help! The cry came again, louder and clearer this time. Where are you? Teresa answered as fear set in. While she didn't know what was going on, it couldn't be anything good. Is somebody there? I need help! The cry for help echoed down the hall, and she pinpointed its location within seconds, the women's bathroom. 
Breaking into a run, Teresa headed toward the room, her heart banging in her chest. Hold on, I'm coming. Oh shit. The words were shrill with terror, and a scream followed seconds later, the cry of a person in pain. Forcing herself to move faster, Teresa ran down the hall to the women's bathroom. She reached for the door, and her fingers closed around the knob. It felt cold beneath her palm, and she hesitated. What waited inside that room? What horror was unfolding in the heart of their home? The screams assaulted her ears, and her body responded with a spurt of adrenaline. Driven to action, she shoved open the door and stepped inside. Her eyes swept the open space and fell upon a pair of struggling figures. She caught a glimpse of a woman's face as her teeth sank into the other person's cheek. The flesh tore apart like paper, and the woman growled with satisfaction while she chewed on the juicy morsel. Her victim, a young man, batted at her face and hands with his fists, but with little effect. He was too weak, a victim of blood loss and shock. A pool of crimson fluid mixed with water formed a halo around his head, and his screams slowly turned to gurgles. With a final gasp, he breathed his last. His eyes glazed over, staring at Teresa with silent horror. Teresa raised a trembling hand to her chest as recognition flooded her mind. The two on the floor weren't some random strangers. They were Donna and Sam, innocent bystanders who didn't deserve to end up like that. But the virus didn't care who you were or what you did. It killed without remorse or compromise. A true killer. Teresa stood frozen on the spot, shaking her head. Oh my God, Donna, Sam. While she hovered outside the bathroom, Andrea appeared next to her, dressed in a rumpled t-shirt and pants. What's going on? Teresa frantically waved her away. Stay back. It's not safe. Andrea ignored her and her eyes fixed on the scene on the bathroom floor. Is that Sam and Donna? Yes, it's them, Teresa replied, backing away. Donna's head whipped up at the sounds of their voices, and her gaze shot toward them. She bared her teeth and snarled. A sound so unnatural it sent a shiver down Teresa's spine. She scuttled across the floor like a giant spider, leaving smears of blood in her wake. Donna! No! Teresa cried. She stumbled backward, her legs turned to jelly. Fear left a bitter taste in her mouth, and she forgot about the pain in her back. Stretching out one hand, she tried to push Andrea behind her. Run! Get help! I'm not leaving you, Andrea said, refusing to budge. Don't be stupid, run, Teresa said. Donna launched herself through the air, her face contorted. Teresa braced herself for the impact, knowing she was about to die. Unarmed, she was defenseless against the younger woman's attack. Suddenly, Andrea was there. She slammed both fists into Donna's chest, knocking her back. The woman fell to the floor in a tangle of limbs. Sliding around on the slippery floor, she tried to regain her feet while Andrea flashed Teresa a determined look. I'll keep her busy while you get help. What? No! Teresa cried, shaking her head. Go! Andrea cried. There's no time to argue. She pushed Teresa out of the room and closed the door. As the door swung shut, Teresa caught a final glimpse of Andrea's pale face. 
Behind her, Donna rose from the floor like a specter of death, her face and body covered with blood. Frozen to the spot, Teresa stared at the piece of wood that separated her and Andrea. Suddenly, a pair of strong hands gripped her shoulders, and she shrieked. Batting at the hands of her attacker, she whirled around and came face to face with Robert. Sagging with relief, she grabbed him by the shirt. Robert, you have to help Andrea. Andrea? Robert asked with a frown. There's no time to explain. She needs your help, Teresa insisted. Hurry! What's going on? I heard screams, a befuddled Mason asked, appearing next to Robert in the dark hallway. It's Donna. She turned and attacked Sam. Now she's killing Andrea, Teresa cried, the words spilling from her lips like poison. I'm going in, Robert said, reaching for the door. He pushed it open, but it slammed shut a second later as two bodies rammed into it. He tried again and shoved it open an inch or two. Wild shrieks and yells emanated from the interior, followed by vicious growls. Wait, Mason said, grabbing Teresa. You say Donna's a zombie and she attacked Sam? Teresa nodded. She killed him. I saw it. Then he's infected too, and now... Andrea, Mason said, whirling around. Robert, wait. Don't open that door. What do you mean, don't open it? We have to help Andrea, Robert said, his tone aghast. It's too late for her. We have to think of the rest of the station, Mason said. Donna? Is that Donna in there? Another voice sounded. It was a shirtless Leo, dragged from his bed by the chaos and the noise. Leo, wait! Mason cried, but it was too late. Leo threw himself against the door, and his weight, combined with Robert's, was enough to push it wide open. A bloodied and battered Andrea fell through the opening, a moan escaping her lips. Donna spotted the frightened knot of humanity gathered in the hallway and threw herself at them. With hooked fingers and gnashing teeth, she attacked Leo. He staggered back under the assault, hard-pressed to keep her away from his naked flesh. Robert and Mason jumped in to help, and the two wrestled Donna into a semblance of submission. They twisted her arms behind her back and held her in place while Leo grabbed her legs. Together, they dragged her away from the rest of the people in the hallway. Andrea, Theresa said, rushing to help. Bite marks marred Andrea's arms and shoulders, each tooth indentation deep enough to touch bone. A flap of flesh hung from one wrist, torn loose by Donna's vicious attack, and a steady stream of blood pulsed from her torn neck. Don't worry, I'm here. You're not alone. Teresa said, trying to stem the flow of blood from her neck. It was a useless exercise. The artery was torn beyond repair. Andrea's eyes fluttered open and she looked at Teresa. S. Sebastian, promise me you'll look after him. He's all I have left. I'll look after him, Teresa said, knowing that false platitudes were useless to Andrea now. I promise. What happened? someone said, and Teresa looked up. The hallway was rapidly filling with people, all scared and confused. She spotted Ruby and waved her over. Can we do anything for her? Ruby asked. I can get the med kit. It's too late, Teresa said, 
removing her hands from the wound in Andrea's neck. Already the Crimson River was slowing as Andrea bled out. There must be something, Ruby said, but her voice petered out as she recognized the truth. I'm sorry, Andrea, Teresa whispered, a single tear sliding down her cheek. You saved my life. Andrea managed a faint smile, one corner of her mouth twisting up. I did, didn't I? Yes, you're a hero. Teresa squeezed Andrea's hand. It'll be okay. I... I... Andrea said before she went still. Silence fell over the room, broken at last by the question they all longed to ask. How did this happen? Ruby said. It was Donna. But we examined her for infection, Ruby protested. I know, but we must have missed something. I must have missed something, Teresa said, guilt welling up inside her chest. Already the woman she'd known as Andrea was gone, her features losing that essence that made her human. Her mind and soul fled into the night until all that remained was an empty vessel, one teeming with a viral infection. We need to quarantine the body, Teresa said. I'll get a stretcher, Ruby said. Get two. We need to take care of Sam as well, Teresa said, praying they had time to secure the corpses. She wasn't sure how long it would take for the bodies to reanimate. It takes at least a few minutes, right? We have time, I'm sure. Hurry, please. We'll do, Ruby said. She rushed off, followed by Elijah, Benjamin, and Mike to help her carry the stretchers and, eventually, the bodies. We'll need weapons, Frank said, his expression dour. Just in case. Good idea, Teresa said. The keys to the gun locker are inside my office. Desk, top drawer. Got it. Frank said, hurrying down the passage. Thanks, guys. The rest of you should go back to the dorms and close the doors. Stay there until we let you know it's safe, Teresa said. You should lock them up inside the bathroom. We can't risk waiting for them to wake up, Amelia said, pointing at Andrea and Sam's bodies. I can do that, George said, volunteering. Thanks, George, Teresa acknowledged. The rest of you can go. Shut the doors and wait until we let you know it's safe to come out. We can help, Rick protested. No, Teresa said with a grim expression. If this goes any further, we'll need your help, all of your help. We don't know if anyone else has been infected. You heard the lady. Let's give them some space, Amelia said, waving everyone back. Let's go. The crowd reluctantly followed her orders, all except George, who prepared to drag Andrea's corpse into the bathroom. Let's get this over with, okay? Okay, Teresa said, wiping her bloody hands on her shirt. She got to her feet and looked around with a frown. Something wrong? George asked. Where's Claire? Claire, I don't know. I haven't seen her. Do you want me to look for her? George asked. Yes, but let's secure these bodies first, Teresa said, thinking fast. Who knew what Donna had done before she killed Sam? Who knew who else she might have hurt? Agreed, George said, gripping Andrea in a fireman's hold before dragging her body toward the bathroom. He made it seem easy, and Teresa watched with relief as he moved through the doorway. Soon the nightmare would be over. Frank would return with weapons, and they'd take care of Sam, Andrea, and Donna. 
In the morning, they'd bury their people and mourn their losses. More importantly, they'd learn from their mistakes and be stronger for them in the future. Mistakes. Guilt poured through her veins. The fault lay with her, missing Donna's infection, locking all the available weapons away without easy access. Not having a set protocol for such a situation or an effective way to deal with the infected. Even worse, they had no backup plan. No escape route should the worst come to pass. This is my fault. I thought we were safe here, but I was wrong, and now we have to pay for my mistakes in blood. Chapter 2 Sam Inside the bathroom, Sam lay prone on the cold tiles. Already the virus had taken control of his brain, moving faster than usual. The viral load inside his bloodstream quickly overwhelmed the pitiful defenses his slender frame could muster, and his fingers twitched with undead life. The old Sam was gone along with all of his memories. Nothing remained of the boy he'd been, idealistic, naive, and a touch lazy. Ambitionless, his father called him. A dreamer was his mother's opinion. They were both wrong, seeing a version of him that existed only in their minds. The actual Sam wanted nothing more than to succeed in life. He dreamed about fancy suits, shiny cars, private jets, and penthouses, but he lacked the ruthlessness needed to climb the corporate ladder. Though he possessed both the brains and the ambition, he was too kind-hearted. The same could not be said of the new him. Zombie Sam's eyes fluttered open, and he rolled onto his stomach. Without a sound, he climbed to his feet. Agile for a zombie, his slender frame was packed with the vitality of youth. Unhampered by emotion, he felt no pain, no hesitation, no empathy or love, only hunger. A movement drew his attention, and he turned to see a man back in the room. He was bent over, dragging something heavy. A corpse. Not that Sam cared. Dead meat offered no sustenance to his kind. All he cared about was the living flesh mere yards from his position, and he honed in on his prey. On silent feet, he charged. Chapter 3 Mason Mason held onto Donna's arms with all of his strength. The woman possessed the strength of a demon and threatened to break loose from his grasp with each kick. Judging by their strained expressions, Leo and Robert felt the same. God, she's strong, Robert said with a grunt. Agreed. What do we do with her? Mason asked, catching a blow on the chin that caused his jaw to slam shut, clipping his tongue. Blood flowed from the cut, and he swore. Damn it! Hold still, will you? Donna responded with an ear-splitting shriek that caused all of them to wince. Thrashing about, she tossed her head and tried to bite anything within reach. Bloody saliva frothed on her lips, and the veins in her neck bulged with the effort. Let's just get her down the stairs and into the Bay Area first, Robert said, his face a deep purple hue. Hurry! It's like holding onto an eel dipped in a vat of oil, Leo said, dodging a flying foot. Together they wrestled Donna across the length of the building, down the stairs, and into the garage. While Mason and Leo restrained her, Robert searched for a length of rope. 
He found one and tied her to one of the concrete posts holding the bay roof. Phew, that should do it, Robert said, surveying his handiwork. Donna snapped at him, her teeth closing together with audible clicks. She fought the ropes, wriggling like a worm. Undead, she didn't know when she was beaten. What now? Mason said with a shake of his head. Do we kill her? She's secure for the moment, Robert said. We have bigger fish to fry. Yes, we should get back, Leo said. That woman, Andrea, was hurt. If she dies, she'll turn. And what about Sam? Donna killed him, right? We need to be able to defend ourselves, Mason said. The weapons are locked up, Robert said, pointing to the weapons locker. Teresa's got the keys. Not our fire axes, Mason pointed out. You're right. Let's grab a few, Robert agreed, walking toward the nearest equipment rack. A shrill scream froze him in place, and he looked at Mason. What was that? Nothing good, Mason responded, grabbing a weapon. There was no time to gear up, and he sprinted up the stairs two at a time. Claire, where's Claire? Halfway up, they met Ruby, Elijah, Benjamin, and Mike. They were running toward the screams, stretchers forgotten. What's happening? Mason yelled, grabbing Ruby's arm. I don't know, Ruby replied, shaking her head. Well, we'd better find out what's going on fast, Robert said. Stay behind us, Ruby. We're armed, and you're not, Mason added, brandishing his axe. All right, go ahead, Ruby said, hanging back. Mason charged down the hallway with Leo and Robert hot on his heels. They reached the bathroom within seconds and stumbled to a halt. George was pinned to the floor by a rabid Sam, while Teresa hovered in the background, helpless. She spotted Mason and cried, You have to help George, hurry! I'm coming, Mason said, forging ahead. He charged toward the wrestling duo, trying to get in a blow, but Sam spotted him coming. He snarled, blood dripping from his lips as he launched himself into the air. His slender body torpedoed across the hall, heading straight for the hapless Mason. Oh, shit, Mason cried, bracing for the coming blow, but Sam hit him with the force of a freight train. Flying backward, Mason landed on the carpet with a brutal thud. His breath left his lungs in a rush, and he gasped for oxygen. Hands scuttled across his body like crabs, and he lashed out with his feet. That did little to deter the hungry fingers looking for a handhold, and fear pulsed through his veins. He expected teeth to sink into his flesh at any moment, and he'd never felt more scared in his life. Mason, hold on, he heard in the background, and relief filled his being. Then Sam was there, snapping at his throat with bared teeth. Relief gave way to panic, and he knew he had to do something fast. His eyes fixed on Sam's thick hair, and he grabbed two fistfuls. A little help here, please. Suddenly Sam stiffened. His eyes bulged and a thin stream of blood trickled down his face. An axe stuck up from his skull and he slid to the side as his muscles went limp. Dead, at last, zombie Sam slumped to the floor. Are you okay? Robert asked, popping up overhead. I'm fine. I think, Mason said, stifling a groan. I feel like I got hit by a bus. It sure looked like it, Robert said. You went down like a sack of potatoes. 
thanks, Mason said, allowing Robert to help him up. He looked at Sam's corpse and shook his head. It's too bad, poor guy. Yes, it's awful, but we've got bigger problems, Teresa interrupted. What's wrong? Mason asked. George got bitten. As we close today's captivating episode on Book TV, don't forget to check out Novel Nutrition. Tailored for book lovers, our supplements are designed to complement your reading lifestyle. Use code BOOKTV for a 20% discount on your first order at novelnutrition.co. Enhance your reading experience with Novel Nutrition and don't forget that every purchase helps support an author.